And welcome back to Survivor Hot Takes. It is me, Coach Drew, a.k.a. Earl Cole's Grin, which is a spoiler for later. Uh, with Emily, as always. Emily, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm just thriving. This is the best day of my life because guess what, y'all? Dry January is canceled, um, so I'm just living my best life today. Um, how are you doing today, Andrew? I'm, I'm doing well. Just got back from the bar. Uh, trivia. The bar. The bar, uh, trivia, uh, and today we're gonna we're gonna before we get into the the deep stuff moving forward with, with the rest of the month and spoiler alert rest of the month we're gonna be discussing the the four uh, African American winners of, of Survivor. Um, today we've decided to be fun to talk about our favorite blind sides, and we're just gonna do a top five because that's the easiest thing to do, mm-hmm. and. Um, so when I think about a blind side, so uh, the, <sighs> Micronesia was like one of these big uh, examples of Jeff saying, oh yeah, the art of the blind side, this, that, and mm-hmm. the other. And I've watched with a lot of people and people that like sit there at home like, oh, it's not really a blind side because we know what's going to happen usually. Right. And it's like, yes, as an audience member, we kind of know what's going to happen. But as a player, it is absolutely still a blind side because they have no idea what's going to happen. Absolutely. And I think that these five that we have each are going to show more how we, like what we enjoy about the show and the seasons especially. Um, so we're going to kind of go back and forth. If there's any type of uh, overlap or anything that we might want to agree or disagree on, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily can start us off. Am I going to start us off? Okay, so lock and load, y'all, because I'm starting off with a big one. Um, as we all know, um, Survivor David vs. Goliath is the most, one of the most iconic um, series, you know, especially in the last, like, five or six seasons. I think that it's one of my favorites. And we, we've talked about this. We've even already done a feature on this. Um, so I think, whenever I think of a blind side, you know, I think of something that is catastrophic, that really shifts the trajectory of the game. So it's not just one person being shocked, but it's many people being shocked. Maybe even people who are in the same alliance, you know, who had no idea if there was an additional twist coming. Um, so you're going to see a lot of those kind of in, in my hot takes. Um, the big one for my my very first one, we're starting off with John, the mayor of Slamtown in David versus Goliath. Um, he got completely dumbfounded um, in, in that season because at this point they were divided six and six, which, you know, the Goliaths had a little bit more of an advantage at that point, right? And they thought they had it all in the bag, not knowing that the Davids had three advantages in their pocket to their knowledge, right? And then Davey, our boy, came in knowing that Christian was the person that was going to be their target did not tell the majority of his alliance and played the idol um, for Christian, which saved Christian. And then the Goliaths were like, oh my gosh, like we have an idol too. Like what are we supposed to do? Right. So Dan tried to play it thinking that everyone would, would throw their votes on Angelina because she was the one who was least likely able to, to keep an advantage or to have someone play an idol for her since she just threw the Elizabeth vote and was trying to do some jury management, you know? So whenever, um, so what? Typical Angelina. 
Oh, just typically Angelina. Yeah, a queen. Um, so um, by by them being able to kind of split that minority vote, they put a few on Angelina and she thought that she was completely safe. And they put a few on John. That was the thing that really changed the trajectory of the game and put the Davids in a power position for the first time in the entire season. So that's my very first one. I, for someone that has recently rewatched Dave vs. Goliath, as you have as well, um, I will say that that, I won't say that the season was lackluster before that because it absolutely was not. Mm-hmm. But that episode, right after like the, I think it was a unanimous vote for Elizabeth right before, um, for it to go down like that and then the game becomes more fluid from that episode on, I yeah. think that was definitely the turning point as far as people moving in and out of alliances in that season. So I won't say that it was the, it's where the season picked up because the season was top tier from beginning to end but that's definitely when the season decided to uh you know people started to move around so i i I would say that and it's not on my list but i agree with it i really like it um good one yeah it is my number five uh is probably if we were talking about iconic um blind sides i think it would definitely be in the top three it's the jt blind side and heroes versus villains that's Um, on mine too that's on my list too okay tell me why it's yours tell me everything (laughs) so the reason it's one of my favorites because i think it's one of the greatest episodes of all time because they're just the and and i've done done an episode on this before uh last summer talking about was the jt move the like a, a dumb move and i honestly don't think it was like the dumbest thing that's ever happened and if you want to know why find it in the uh and our little thingies at the, uh, on the side. Um, but having said that, from beginning to end, where JT is trying to help out Russell because he thinks that the women are taking over on the villain's tribe and everyone on the villain's tribe is sitting there like, oh yeah, JT and Rupert are stupid. Um, let's do this, that, and the other. And then merge, merge happens. Um, Amanda can't tell a lie to save her life. Parvati reads it very easily oh yeah uh, a confessional saying hey i just spent you know all of Mar- uh, micronesia working with this girl i know when she's lying when she's not and she's a shit liar um and figuring out oh all i have to do is i've got these two idols i'll just play them these people parvati gives up immunity to danielle during uh the endurance challenge and we it all sets the stage for this epic tribal council where you know, JT and the rest of the heroes think that they have it in the bag. Sandra's saying, sitting there saying, hey, you probably shouldn't trust these people, especially Russell. Don't be dumb. And they're like, oh, no, Sandra, you don't know what you're talking about. Which, yeah, uh, And we get to Parvati playing the first idol. The, um, the hero sitting there still being smug, like, oh, we still got her because she played on the wrong person. Yeah. And then she plays it again, and it's like, yeah, you done messed up, JT and and we get the we get textbook Rupert not actually being a hero with I knew we shouldn't have trusted that bitch. I followed that too, and like that was something that like I never caught until I was like really rewatching like a ton of Blind Sides to try to put together my top five, and like Rupert really was convinced that he was in the right, and he's like I knew we shouldn't have trusted him. I knew it. I knew it. But in reality, he was leading the charge to help try to bring Russell over to their side to be their like golden ticket out. You know? Yeah. 
So why is it on your top five besides everything I just said? <laughs> this is why it's on my top five. Because as so my favorite thing about a blindside is whenever it blindsides people in ways they didn't expect. So Russell gave his first idol to Parv thinking he's like, well, you're going to play this and you're going to be fine. I know that the target's on you because they trust me. And like, they're telling me that you're the person being out. And Parv's like, oh, dang, like, thanks so much. Right. And had he had no idea that she already had another idol, you know? So her playing these two idols not only blindsided the really cocky heroes at this point, it also blindsided the person who thought was in charge of the entire game, which was Russell. Um, yeah. So, and, and he was, he was so upset, but watching how good she was at being able to kind of manipulate and control his thoughts and emotions and that kind of, and that kind of way, like I think really sealed one of the best. Um, that was actually my number three. So we're like kind of in the same realm. Oh, like, okay. nice. All right. Yeah. But yeah, I think just even if you want to fast forward, the, like you should never fast forward any episode of Survivor. Yeah. Except for, for, uh, except for this um, one. <laughs> if you want to fast forward to that tribal council, everything in that tribal is memorable from Courtney whispering if that little troll pull, pulls out an idol uh, <laughs> to <laughs> Russell saying, you know, uh, we got some explaining to do. And yeah. secret. Um, and how about like the poetic justice of JT basically being voted out with the idol that he gave Russell, you know, mm -hmm. in theory, yeah. like, I just think that that like, I mean, obviously, at this point, you know, they do have limited knowledge of who Russell is, because he's the only person that they weren't able to see play and to be able to see his reputation since like, he was on season 19. And then they filmed season 20, basically, like right after so they weren't able to see who he was in his gameplay and why he was even on the villains in the first place, you know, so I think that that in itself really limited their mobility and their understanding it was kind of their Achilles heel of the entire um, season, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, for the record, my top five list, uh, as far as favorites, there are going to be three that I feel like most people are not wouldn't have on their list. Maybe, maybe two. Uh, so it's all it's all uphill for me. But I feel like it's going to be a lot. It's going to be more downhill for a lot of people watching this. Like, oh, really? You're going to put that on there? And it's like, yes, for the culture, as you'll see soon. Uh, <laughs> it's good though. It's good. <laughs> Number four. Oh, number four for me. Oh, this this one is the one where I was um I was drunk texting you. Um, I, I drunk text you every time I'm watching Survivor because that's just like you're like my go-to person with that because like you just get it, you know. And I just love Survivor so much, and you also understand my affinity for the show. And so the first um my, my number four, um I chose this one because sometimes people aren't just blindsided by other people sometimes they're just blindsided by the technicalities of the game and um we've seen that a lot before we've seen it with dan with the idol nullifier like you know like that was something that he wasn't prepared for and there was nothing that would have prepared him for that because that didn't even exist um so for my number four um i said um the three game changers um vote out which is advantage gate uh aka the most heartbreaking, um, the most heart, oh my gosh, like it's the most heartbreaking tribal council because she was leading the lambs to the slaughter, you know, yep. like I think that she had the best chance to win that season at that point. No one voted for her. No one voted for her at final six. Like, no one had her name in their mouth. <laughs> and like, 
And and they were they basically divided it, wasn't it? It was between there was one vote for Aubrey, there were a few for Sarah, and I think there were a few for Ty. And every single person, like that, that's the one concern that I have with all of the advantages, you know, is that every single person has a season, you know, every single person had an advantage and they tried to wait until the very end to play them all. And they all freaking played them all. Smart, yeah, smartly. It's or, smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's smart. But my, my concern was that it was just too much. And like, that was the big thing I was concerned about in season 41 too. Cause everyone like was getting like a buttload of advantages, you know? Yeah. Um, I agree. So yeah. So that was the one she, she is my absolute favorite player to never win. I love that woman. I would die for her. I would you. So if you were to play, this is like a fun game that people play on Twitter. If you were to play, would you blow your game for her? Oh, 100%. Like, I, oh, she, yeah. and, and I wouldn't even, know, like, knowingly do it. Like, I, w- I wouldn't even know it. Like, I would trust that woman with my life, and then she would cut my throat, and I would say thank you. Like, that's exactly how it would have gone. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, and I've, I've said this plenty of times on this show, and plenty of times on other shows, and plenty of times on social media. This, this, this bullshit argument that, oh, these players were robbed, and this, that, and the other, and it's like, Sari is the only truly robbed player in the history of the show. And if you really want to argue about it, probably more than once. Um, But if you don't want to argue about it, we'll just say once in Game Changers because she didn't have a chance of doing anything. Um, Every other person that the internet has deemed robbed, there is a situation where that person could have done something else in order to not be robbed. Yeah. I obviously don't have this on my favorites list because just because I just feel sick. The even emotional damage. The yeah, emotional I damage. This is. I still count that as a blindside, even though it wasn't. Well, it, is, it was absolutely a blindside. It's yeah. She's blindsided by the game, you know. It's a, it's a blindside. It's just it shouldn't have gone down that way. We should have had three as the winner that we all deserve, and not you know. Do you think cool. she'll come back for another season or no? I think that if they ever did a legend season that they that they would absolutely call her and mm-hmm. I think she would play but I don't think they're doing a legend season anymore. I don't think that they will. I think I, that I don't know. I think that ship I, may have sailed as far as them doing that because they did winners at war. So they already had probably 3 to 4 or 3 or 4 people that they would have casted for their legend season anyway. Definitely. And I, but I do think that like the way that she left was very poetic. Like everyone gave her like a standing ovation, applause, you know? So I think that they, they tied a beautiful like little bow on that, you know? And I think that would pretty much have been the end, you know? Yeah. Because all, the worst thing that can happen is she comes back and immediately gets voted out first. And it's like, oh, well. Yeah, definitely. And we, then we forget about how she went out, uh, like the, uh, the uh, round of applause yeah. and the thank you, Sari, and all that, which I don't know why. That actually gets me teared up every time when when Jeff because it's one of it's one of those moments where like Jeff, especially in season forty one, he has these moments where it's like okay, he's definitely just pandering, whatever. But in that moment, it didn't feel like Jeff was pandering. It felt like Jeff was literally saying, legitimately saying, "Thank you, Sari. Like you've been amazing in the four times we've had you." And he let her say it. Like that was yeah. the other thing. Like I rewatched it today whenever I was on my treadmill, like doing working on my fitness, and I saw it and I was like I was so upset. Great television and and it's it's crazy as it sounds even though I hate the moment uh, the 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 everything surrounding it. 
that part right there is a great moment and one of the best parts of that season Definitely. is just their interaction um and then you know her leaving and her giving her exit confessional which is still is yeah. just, it's amazing um my number four is not as sad i guess it's actually quite opposite i love it uh i don't cry at all watching this one uh and survivor micronesia which you just recently talked about um <gasps> where everyone's favorite challenge beast, uh, Ozzy, uh, gets blindsided by, you know, the Black Widow Brigade. Um, and one of the moments where Sari, Queen Sari, once again uh, brings up and eventually orchestrates along with everyone else this blindside of Ozzy after Jason basically gives up immunity so that people don't hate him. And they all decide, hey, you know, let's just vote out Ozzy. And as the votes are being read, this is not my favorite, uh, this is not my favorite blindsided person's look moment. We'll get to that later. Um, But Ozzy's face as he slowly starts to realize, like, I've been screwed up. Yeah. It's. I love that. I, I love the entire like development. I'm sorry, my dog is excited again. Um, I, <laughs> if you hear the scratching, I'm not keeping yeah. anyone hostage in my house. It's just my dog okay. who just wants love. Um, I love that same one. Um, and I, I I stepped away from Micronesia stuff just because it was like the season of the blind side. Like it made the blind sides cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what I loved like specifically with with Ozzy is that I remember so vividly. He's like, we would be idiots not to vote Jason out, but in reality, they would have been idiots to do something completely different, you know, yeah. and and actually just stick with the plan because that was way too easy. It was an easier vote, you know. Yeah. You get out the person that had just shown in his previous season that he could go on an immunity streak. You yes. get rid of the person you all know has an idol. You get rid of the person that you know Ozzy's probably not taking all of us to the end. Obviously, he's not taking all of us to the end. He's probably right. taking Amanda or James to right. the end. A hundred percent. If I'm Sari, Parvati, Natalie, Alexis, any of these people, my name's not Amanda or James. Let's go ahead, nip this in the bud now. Hey, we have full control over Jason now because Jason's going to trust us because we said we weren't going to vote for him and we didn't. And next time we come to him with some BS, basically he'll believe it and he won't play an idol that he has, which we talked about last week. Once again, it's in the, it's in the little sidebar. Um, (laughs) I loved this blind side, even the cringy moments, like where Ozzy like turns back and stares everyone down. Like he was really going to do something. He's Um, so theatrical for no reason. Like, (laughs) His Ponderosa that season is just like him sulking for the first few episodes. It's like, oh man, I just I can't believe it. It's like, get over, well, get over yourself, get yeah. over yourself. Like, and and the other thing that like I really want to touch on with that same blind side, if we have a moment, um, is is this. Um, I feel like there's kind of a Mandela effect that that goes on with with Ozzy's blind side. Um, is that like? Parvati did this. She did X, Y, and Z. She was the one who orchestrated every single blindside and she was the face of it. But in reality, like, and I know that they only show us what we want to see. So, I mean, you know, keep, keep my margin of error in, in consideration. But Suri was the first one who really brought it to everyone's attention that this would be a perfect opportunity. And it's something that she really brooded on 
for for episodes and episodes. So I still want to give like the the credit to her for being Absolutely. the person to round everyone up. You know? Yeah, I agree. I, I you'll never hear me say that it wasn't for Suri, man. You'll never just... hear me say it wasn't Suri. Uh, yeah. so you think so too, right? Because everyone oh, yeah. that I know has always said that it was her fault, and I'm like, I don't really think that like it was like it was part of like choice. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was her choice, but like, it wasn't like her call. You know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. go, you can go ahead. Um. Well, actually, I'm gonna actually let you take your third one. Um, if you want to go to your third, because my third was JT the Heroes yeah, versus Villains. Right. So sure. you can take the next. Uh, you can take number three. Third. Uh, it's one of those ones that I referenced earlier. It's actually the where I get my name from for this episode, or for this episode that we're recording. Uh, Earl Cole's grin, because I'm talking about the, the Edgardo blindside and Survivor Fiji, uh, in which uh, the, the four horsemen, you know, they're riding high, they've got an idol, uh, they're, they're going to take full control of the game, even though they, don't kinda, they really don't trust dreams, they're still going to do their whole thing. And uh, everyone that's not in the Four Horsemen Alliance decides, hey, let's just vote Edgardo because we know that the idol is going to be played on either Alex or Mookie or Dreams. Uh, probably not Dreams. Uh, Alex not Mookie. Dreams. So let's just vote Edgardo and see what happens. So, you know, the votes are coming out and blah, blah, blah. And. That first Edgardo, I think either the first or second Edgardo um, vote where Edgardo's face drops, Alex's grin goes away, and then they cut to Earl, and he's got this little smug grin on his face like you <laughs> got him. Um, I, that's, I have a lot of Survivor gifts on my phone. That one is the one that I use the most just because Earl Cole's grin as the, everything goes down is so amazing because they honestly, like, because that had never happened before. Like, that had never happened where, you know, oh, let's just vote for the... And it's all credit to Stacey. Um, but it's it had never happened to the point where, like, the idols played on, uh, you know, we know who these people are going to... You know which... Oh, my gosh. You know who the idol's probably going to. Mm-hmm. So let's just vote for the person that's least likely to get it which would be Edgardo in that situation. I don't Definitely. know why to slow down to say that, but here we <laughs> you're are. doing great. You're doing great. Um, and it's just, it's so, and Fiji, I mean, we will eventually do a Fiji. Um, well, I mean, it's coming soon because we have to talk about Earl Cole uh, this month. Um, Fiji is so underrated for moments like that. Like Fiji has a lot of moments. That I think people sleep on because they don't like the way that pre-merge went. For some reason, yeah. a large part of the internet uh, doesn't like the final three. Um, I assume uh, it's because of some reason that we won't touch on right now. Um, <laughs> but PG is a very underrated season, and it's the first of two underrated seasons that I have on my list, um, which we'll get to in a second. But do you remember? Do you know, remember what I'm talking about? And no. To be honest, you're gonna hate me. And no. like, here, here's my thing, okay? Um, 
I am not a fan of Fiji. Like, I mean, if I, I honestly, if I had to rank it and like, I don't have my ranks with me. I, I only ranked, I think like my top five or 10, you know? Oh, okay. and, I mean, it's not my top 10 or anything, but and, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, I liked Earl and I was satisfied with Earl being the winner. Like it was nothing like that. I just, I remember with Fiji, the concept that I did, I, was, was it Fiji? Like I, like the concept that, that I didn't house. like was that they divided it like 50, 50. So it was like, um, some people got everything and then some yeah. people got nothing. And like, obviously we're going to know the people who got everything are going to do well. It was pretty predictable for me for yeah. most of it until like, I, I remember a few key moments in that season. I remember Earl being the winner. I'm being very happy for Earl. I remember dreams, not giving back the car, uh, to, uh, who was it? What was his name? No, again? Not, not, not giving the cars, giving, um, immunity to Yaoman. Uh, oh, after yeah. Yao Man gave him the car. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I remember a few things with that. I don't remember this specific blindside, but I, I really like, I'm glad that you're picking it up because honestly, with old school blindsides, they were so overlooked because a lot exactly. of people are focused and on like the the strength, you know, like who was these, who was the strongest and who had the most wit in the right situations. But in those, like the blindsides weren't something that were really commandeered until later. Yeah. Season. Uh, yeah, I, and I agree with that. I, I think that before, I think China laid the groundwork with that Micronesia was yes. that first time where we we were constantly like it was the blind sides were in our face. Um, yes. So in a situation like Fiji, where you know Edgardo's being blindsided, it's not really looked at as anything other than wow, that was a cool that was a cool moment there. Um, but it doesn't really matter because now, you know, this, that, and the other is going to happen. But I think from then on, because that was season 14, from then on, when a blindside happens, you know, Jeff's very vocal about it. Everyone, when they get back to camp at the beginning of the next episode, are very vocal about it. Um, yeah. So I think that was, uh, I think that's a big change as far as uh, how Survivor production and who uh, Jeff looked at blindsides. Absolutely. And like, and how critical it is to assure that like, it's an airtight sort of blind side. Like those are the ones that are the most effective. They're the ones that have been able to withstand the test of time. Um, so like, I'm glad that you, sh you share that. Cause I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch that season. Like it, it's definitely, I would say, honestly, in my bottom 10, like, and it has nothing to do with the winner. I love the winner. Oh, no, no, no. I just thought yeah, that it was such a slow burn for me, you know? And, like, I need to rewatch maybe to kind of pick up on some of the strategies, you know, that, that we still use now in, like, modern survival world, you know? No, no, no. Yeah, you should definitely give Fiji another chance. Uh, I'll, you should also give my number two another chance, but we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Your number two. I think I feel like I know you're number two. Um, I actually have another repeater from the same season that I talked about before. And I love it because my jaw was on the floor. It was the birth of another tradition, um, which is in Game Changers again. But it was the vote out of Malcolm. That was my, I think, the that was the first time that we ever really witnessed the concept of like a live tribal. Like we had like a, maybe a few whispers here and there where someone says the wrong thing and it makes someone change their mind, you know, but stick to the plan. yeah, stick to yeah, the plan. Yeah. Yes. See, you know, everything. Um, this was my favorite, favorite, favorite live tribal. Um, and it was because like, 
there were so many things that could happen um, with this specific tribal. We were divided into three different tribes. Only one tribe got immunity. So then there were two other tribes. And it was basically like Team Brad Culpepper versus Team Sandra. We all know who we're voting for. Long live the queen, right? And she was so confident that she even said, I was leading the lambs to the slaughter. She had it planned. And she didn't know, unbeknownst to her, that like, it was going to be like the JT and Malcolm were trying to plan a coup against her, you know, until uh, JT. <laughs> JT infinite tried... wisdom. This man, like it's I. In infinite wisdom. This man, I have so much respect for him and how he played um, token jeans. And that's it. Um, because yeah. he, he makes big moves and he wants to make big moves. And I respect that. But the execution is just a little rocky sometimes. So him literally, I don't know, like going in front of his entire tribe and whispering to Brad Culpepper to vote for Sandra, maybe not the best move, you know, because um, it got people talking and turning. Um, and because of that, it really bit him in the ass. Um, and that's what caused um, Malcolm to be voted out, which is his closest ally in this entire season. Um, but he wasn't the first target. He wasn't the second. He wasn't even the third. So them choosing him was so tactical and strategic. Ty used an idol to play for Sierra. Like, pretty lady. <laughs> I, I, I give this to pretty, pretty lady. lady. I, and and it was so cool to also watch like how Ty kind of like fell in submission to like what Brad Culpepper wanted him to do. You could just see he did like one quick nod. He dropped yeah, it over to Sierra. Yeah. Mind blowing. Absolutely. Like, honestly, like there was so much that happened that even though I'm so upset that Malcolm left, you know, especially in that way, my jaw, it was, it was like a 15, 20 minute tribal council. And Every every second things were changing. Um, so I love that season. It was it was definitely one of my top, one of my favorite blindsides of all time. My favorite moment of that entire tribal is Haley. I didn't consent. <laughs> <laughs> she because she stopped, you know, and and I think that she really thought they were gonna try to like make her a better deal or something like that. And Jeff was like, <laughs> but okay, um, you might like, regret hey, you're it. gonna regret this. Haley. I didn't consent is like the best Haley moment across two seasons. Honestly, though, like Haley and Game Changers, like she came on to Game Changers and I'm like, why? You know, because like I didn't really remember any big waves that she made in her previous season. But this season, like this woman was like an intellectual threat. I honestly would love to see her one more time if she was given like the right um, ability to stretch her legs, you know? I'm pretty sure she's a lawyer. If I remember correctly, I think she was either in law she school. She is. Or, You're right. Yeah. You're right. She's a lawyer. Um. Yeah. I, I I enjoy that tribal. I enjoy it more because of the aftermath that next time that they go to tribal. Yes. Take out JT and uh, what what oh, was it? Either Michaela or Sandra said, "Say hi to Malcolm for." <laughs> I think it was Michaela because <laughs> I feel like. Sandra, like, <laughs> Sandra was definitely more cocky in that season, but she was more cocky, like, um, like she was a little bit more cocky, like with uh, Brad Culpepper. Was that the same season? Like, yeah, that's what you get for plotting against no, 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 me. No, 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 Tony, like, when they got rid of Tony, when they, yeah, got, yeah Tony. When, but it's like Sandra fan fiction this season, where it's like, oh, Sandra goes home. Let's, I don't know if this is true. Sandra goes home and she reads, oh, people don't think that I'm a great winner, even though I've won twice. 
because of the way that I played. Okay, I'll just play overly strategically in a season, and the only reason yeah. I get voted out is because they decided to do two swaps during yeah. the season. I feel like if they had only done the one swap, Sandra was in a perfect position to once again make the merge, in which case she doesn't do challenges, and she would have just done Sandra things to get to the end. Yeah, I, I know that, like, a lot of people, which I'm going to talk about this later, spoiler alert, like, a lot of people, like, had this kind of, like, against her, you know, is that she ended up, like, she she contributed to a few challenges in the first two seasons, you know, but, like, by the time she got to Game Changers, she had, like, a quote-unquote, like, Sandra seat. Like, they, they called that a lot in Winners at War, because, like, she just, she wasn't able to defend herself, and her strategy is to just be, like, just you not know, me. Just not me. But I will say, and I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone else who's a big Survivor fan. Um, if you like um, Survivor and if you like Sandra, I highly recommend watching Survivor Australia right now, Blood versus Water. She and her daughter are incredible, um, and you have to watch it. Like honestly, I've been um, I I've been watching it, and it just blows my mind to see how much her daughter has learned from her. It's brilliant. So good. I plan on binge watching. I haven't started watching it, but I plan on binge watching yeah. at least the first couple of weeks at the end of next week. Uh, so I'm hoping to avoid spoilers up to that point. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, my number two. Uh, my number two is all the way back in season four, Survivor Marquesas. Um, with Visepia. With Visepia. With Queen Visepia. I won't call it the first blind side because I feel like there there were a few that happened in the first three seasons. But the first blind side that I remember is being like, wow, they actually did it. When they voted out John Carroll um, after – so Boston Rob leaves uh, in 10th. And at 9, you have the the Row 2 alliance, which is led by the Row 2 4. Uh, they do the – the the it's not touchy subjects uh, on survival. I don't remember the name of it, but basically the pecking order challenge. I'll call it the pecking order challenge, where if you're Pascal and Nalia, you see, oh, this is the order people are getting taken out in, which means that we are five and six. Let's right. go to Sophia, Kathy, and Sean and say, hey, we're ready. We're ready to flip. John Carroll is sitting there. He has this his big moment, a big confession, where he's like, oh. I feel like they, uh, you know, Pascal and Aaliyah, like, are trying to help me win. And, like, he's he's such a great villain for that season. Um, and it sucks that we have never gotten him back. We've got Boston Rob back four other times. Yeah. Uh, I loved John Carroll uh, as a character. Um, so we get to the tribal. Pascal and Aaliyah flip and take out John. And then, yes, they, they basically pagong. Uh, the rest of the row to four uh, on the way to that final five. But it's, it's the reason it's iconic to me is one, because Giuseppe is one of my favorite winners. Of course. But two, because that as a 10, 11 year old kid, up to that point, I had never seen the minority alliance flip on the majority yeah, and take them out. It was always. Pretty, if the majority is in control, the majority is always going to be control. The end. You have to And that was like such a cozy, yeah, like that's such a cozy piece of like 
early millennial television was, you know, just like watching the pecking order and just seeing who's going to be the next one. But like, you know, obviously Survivor knew they had to step up their game, but I, I loved Marquesas. And one of the big reasons that I loved Marquesas as well was Sean. I would love to see I Sean. Love Sean. Yeah. Him. They, yeah. They're not going to do it. He, the way that he was able to orchestrate his own protection, like he, his confessional, whenever he was, holding up a vote and you didn't know who the vote was going to be for like blew my mind. That was like pure theatrics. He was like, you thought you were done with me, but it's not going to be. Oh, oh, you, oh, you mean, uh, uh checkmate, bro. Yeah. Oh, that man <laughs> is the love of my life. And I hope that one day I will get to meet him because that was like, I, I've like, I watched, I rewatched all of survivor whenever, COVID hit, you know, and that was like my big project. And it was really something that really got me invested. And that was the first time I think that my jaw like really dropped that entire, you know, when it started, because it was at that point, it was cozy. And then we got to like the expect the unexpected, you know, mm -hmm. so loved it. I was rooting for him so bad. I'm so sad he didn't like. Well, and, uh, I don't want to go on a Sean Rector tangent, but uh, one of the one of my favorite things about him, especially on a rewatch, is that last tribal that he was at before he got voted out. He was in there fighting, like, "Please yes. don't do this, Kathy. Come with us, Kathy. If you go with them, Pascal and Leah have straight up said they are not voting against each other. If you come with us, me and Vesepi have never actually said it. We're just being looked at as a duo because we're black. Now, I don't. Do I think they would have actually voted for each one uh, one another? No, I think they would have probably gone to the end. What do I know? Uh, but he's in there fighting, and then as soon as they vote him out, he immediately goes into real life mode. Like, hey, it's been a pleasure. But like, he's not—he's not bitter. At least, well, from what we see, he's not bitter about it. He's just takes the loss as it is, and he leaves with grace. And, and yeah. I loved—I loved that about him. And I loved. Marquesas is such an underrated uh, season. I it say is an time. underrated season, and I honestly like—I Sean, I love this happy. I think that she was like. Such a deserving winner, so tactical and like thoughtful with every single move that she made. And that was something yeah. I think it's because it's so early in the series that people tend to like look over, you know. But I they had so many good underdog stories they really could have branched out on that I wish that we got more of, you know. Yeah. And, and we, we will we will say the Vesepi talk for this month because another winner that we will be talking about this month. Um, but on to your number one. Are you ready? It's the most devastating moment of my life. Are you ready? Oh okay. Oh my God. Okay. This is the saddest thing. And this is also something that I drunk texted you about. Um, okay. My number one, and it's because it's beautiful and I hate it in the best way is, um, winners at war. Um, when Sandra was voted out by Denise with her own fucking yeah. idol that was it for me that was yeah. it Mess. that um that i love that entire um that that whole series you know um I, winners of war was a tough one for me because we lost all of the ogs the very start we lost all of our favorites <laughs> oh my god i i was not okay um the whole the whole season um but like for me like Sandra was like, this is, she is a stone cold player, you know, like every time she plays her goal is 
I'll vote out whoever, as long as I'm not it, you know? Um, and this is the first time that like, she showed a little bit of a softer side, you know, woman to woman, you know, I knew that you're next. This might be a chance for me to be able to extend an olive branch to a player who I kind of see a little bit of myself in, you know? And yes, Unka, Dow Unka Dollars, I agree with you. That season was whole, was totally crazy. Um, anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure someone else agreed with me. Um, and they they had a swap, you know, and and Sandra, like everyone knew that Denise was going to get hit, you know, and Sandra went not soft, but she was trying to find a, a connection, you know, and, and hopefully um, extend her longevity in the game because her days were already numbered because she's called the queen of Survivor. And Denise, rightfully so, um, uh, didn't do that. Um, she basically... Could have gotten rid of Tony. She, yeah, and that's the God. thing. Like, this is the thing that bothers me so much is that like she poker faced it so hard, and she was like, you know, like she was, oh, thank you so much, not realizing that she already had her own idol. So she used an idol to protect not only herself but also Jeremy, and that means that the only vote that counted was to Sandra, and it was like, and you can see like. Sandra being so cocky, being like, okay, girl, like, go ahead, girl, like, you got it, like, you know, and every vote reading, like, Denise, Denise, and then that last vote being Sandra, like, that, honestly, like, I was also at the point in the pandemic, because I watched them all in, like, like, six months, um, I, I, I was in the pandemic where I was just, like, emotionally just done, you know, <laughs> So for that to be my last, we dealt with the Ethan thing a couple episodes. I don't know how much you like Ethan, but like that I'm one in was love like, with oh, that yeah. man. That I love me. him. I'm like, yeah, what after Ethan? Screw you. <laughs> yeah, the love of my life. Like every single one of them, they just kept going one by one, and I was like, you are monsters. Um, but like, I mean, it was the most poetic way for her to go out. The second that she shows mercy, she's basically like given. Yeah you know, the, the snuff of her torch. Um, and not only that, but she was the only person in Winners at War to, to choose to not even fight for an edge of extinction, which like blew my mind. Um, and I love Sandra. She, she's my favorite player of all time. My absolute favorite. Um, so Sandra's up there for me. Sandra's in my top 10 favorites and probably top 10 favorite winners too. Um, my number one, like, okay, so I know that, my last three have been like deep cuts. Uh, my number one favorite is probably recency bias because I'm rewatching the season for the thousandth time because I will watch it at least once every couple months. It's a little cozy moment. It's the Andrew Savage blindside in <laughs> Cambodia. That's a good uh, one. That's a good one. Mainly <laughs> because like so in Pearl Islands, I wasn't the biggest Savage fan. I was I was it depended on the episode. And then in Cambodia, I'm like, wow, Savage is back. Cool. Um, I like him. There are moments where it's, like, really cheesy, but I, I still mess with him. Uh, and then the merge, like, right before the merge happens and uh, they decide to vote out Wu instead of taking out Spencer, uh, and Savage is like, oh, yeah, these, these people are playing with deceit and all this other stuff. It's like, all right, cool your jets, man. <laughs> like, this yes. game is built on this. So he gets, he gets his wish and Cass goes home next. And he is so he's he's so set <laughs> on this. Yeah, Joe's sorry, I was just reading the last comment. Uh, <laughs> Actually, 
the biggest blind side is the pure fact that Drew doesn't like all stars. I agree with that 100%. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> we we we've, we've been there. All stars is all stars is a low B high C. I, I we, dead we, to me. We touched on it. Um all stars eh. Uh, but back to Andrew Savage. <laughs> back to Andrew Savage. Um, so going into that tribal, you know, we know that Wentworth probably will play it. It all just really depends on how the majority is going to vote, if they're going to split the vote, and, you know, who they're going to vote for. Because it was either going to be Sierra or Kelly. They weren't really going to vote for Abby, let's be real. Um, and no so once you... Once you, you know, everyone's arguing and, you know, once Kelly gives her idol, I remember my first thought was, oh, no, my winner pick that season was one of the times I got the winner pick right. I thought, oh, God, they sussed out Jeremy as the leader. Jeremy's done. And there goes my winner pick. And as more Wentworths, you know, will not count. So uh, it pops up. I'm like, okay, let's just get to the, you know, the inevitable. And I'm going to have to root for, I don't know tasha now uh so that first savage comes up and i just i just jumped out of my chair just watching it alone i'm pretty sure um jumped out of my chair i'm celebrating because it's like not because i don't like andrew savage but it was more one jeremy saved but two okay i'm i'm getting tired of andrew savage on my screen being holier than thou at that point um i wasn't i wasn't a kelly wentworth stan as they call it uh at that point i am now i would say um but once again it's the series of much like the jt thing and much like the edgardo thing where it's the series of moments that lead up to it that you know that payoff that we get at the end it's it's amazing from will not count to savage putting his uh putting his torch down saying unbelievable Abby with the iconic, uh, you, you made it to the jury, he, him flipping her off. Uh, Cass's, Cass's face on the jury. Cass flipping everyone off as she walks in during tribal. <laughs> that entire, it's it's everything involved with the <laughs> blind side during Cambodia um, will always be, you know, will always stick out to me as, you know, it will always be my favorite Absolutely. blind side that's ever happened. Is it the greatest blind that's ever happened? Eh, probably not. Yeah. But as far as something that I want to put on when I'm feeling like that, I could put that on right now and go to sleep and not have any type of thoughts in my head. <laughs> no malice. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that season so much. Second Chances is like such an underrated season. I think that people don't talk about it. Like honestly, hardly at all. You know, and really? what I love, like, and, and, and <laughs> And it's, it's like the best because like people are coming in, you know, and like, it's, it's the most emotionally, emotionally fueled season, you know, like, I think like probably like in at least like, I would say that the last like 10 seasons from like 30 to 40, you know, like, like that in itself really, really like amps up the stakes is people literally have not had another chance to fight for it. And this might be their only chance to fight for it because they were from seasons one to now, you know, um, I love that season. Um, I loved Andrew Savage. I was devastated that he was gone, but I was, I team, I'm team went with forever and always, you know? So it was also like a deep breath of fresh air, you know? Absolutely. And she, I mean, she saved her ass for a many, uh, many an episode after that. Uh, couldn't save Sierra much longer. And, uh, I think Abby yeah. survived for a little bit longer after that, but 
yeah. Um, so I like I said, I know that at least on my end, three, maybe two of my blind signs aren't really ones that people like to look at as some of the best. But in my opinion, especially those that Marquesas and that Fiji one, um, are some of the early examples of blind sides that are not really looked at because they came from earlier seasons. Yeah. Um, and they set the groundwork for exactly. for seasons and seasons to come. So I totally agree with you. Yes. If you've never seen the Edgardo vote out tribal council from Survivor Fiji, either one, fast forward to it, or two, just look up Earl Cole GIF on Google and you'll get a very brief rundown of how that tribal council went. It'll be Edgardo dropping his face. It'll go Alex smiling to Ann Earl just sitting there with a smug look of, we just played all of you. Now we're in control. I know I've talked a lot about the Fiji one. That's because it's amazing. It probably should be higher on my list, but it is what it is. Them's the breaks. Uh, <laughs> moving forward for this month, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the, the, the hour of the show, um, we will be discussing the, the four African-American winners uh, episode by episode um, for the next four weeks, uh, just discussing their game, discussing their seasons, uh, and, you know, talking about some, why some are looked at more fondly than others. Uh, once again, I have a theory on that as well. Um, and I'm really excited for it. Uh, so Emily, thank you, for yeah, Emily, thank you for your list as always. Oh gosh, thank you for existing. This was like the most fun that I think I've ever had in my life putting this together. So thanks for thanks for humoring me and letting us do this for a feature. Um, thank you all for tuning in as always. I know we uh, went a little longer the, this time around, but we had fun. Uh, make sure to subscribe so fun. to the channel. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and all the other thingies. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of our uh, social media sites, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and make sure to follow, if you want to follow us on, like, us individuals. On, follow us on Twitter. I want to be famous. Just be do great. it. Um, <laughs> but until then, we will see you all on the other side.